Hello everybody and welcome to the sixth episode. I can't believe we are already on number six. So welcome to the sixth episode of the OP English podcast. You are now listening to the A2 version of this podcast. If you would like to listen to the B2 version, it is available on the same Spotify channel. And today's topic, as you saw in the title of this podcast, is pubs. We will start by talking about my relationship with pubs. Then we will move on to the origin of the public house, which is where the word pub comes from. Originally, they were called public houses. We will talk about how and where they started, how they developed and so on. Now, let me just say that the focus will be on English and Irish pop culture. So you will not find out about Czech pop culture, but I'm quite sure you know about Czech pubs more than I do. So let's start with the definition of a pub. C-A-M-R-A, which is an association in England which focuses on the standards of pubs, bars and so on, says that a pub has four characteristics. It is open to the public without a membership. It serves draft beer or cider without the need to order food. So you can go there just for drinks. There is an area just for drinking and not food. And people can buy drinks at the bar. So not only is there table service, but you can also go to the bar and order a drink. This is the official definition of a pub. I would say that most Czech pubs meet all of these characteristics. So that means that they could also be pubs in Britain. That means that our pub culture is on a similar level to the British one, I would say. Before we get into anything else, I just want to mention one thing. I did quite a bit of research for this episode and one of the statistics that I found is that an average price of a pint of beer in the UK was £4.12 in 2019. So I would say that in 2022 the price is even higher. And when converted to Czech crowns, we get a price of about 116 Czech crowns. So that is definitely not cheap for a Czech person because the average price of beer in the Czech Republic in 2022 is for a 10 degree beer it is uh, 36 crowns and for a 12 degree it is 49 crowns so about half of the price in Britain and of course you might say yes but a pint isn't the same as half a liter and you are right No, it isn't because one pint is about uh, 0.47 liters, which means that British people are paying more for less. So thank goodness for the beer prices in the Czech Republic. At the beginning of this podcast, I said that I would talk about my own relationship with pubs. And right now, I was thinking about the last time that we went inside a pub with my friends. But I can't really remember because it was probably more than two months ago. Actually, that's probably not true, because I'm sure that we went to at least one pub when we were in Karlovy Vary at the film festival, but I'm not sure if it counts, if it's like not your home pub, if you know what I mean. I think the reason for this is that for me and my friends, the pub is a place where we meet when it's not nice weather outside. So that means autumn, winter, the beginning of spring, but during the summer we mostly meet outside. We go to different festivals and various outdoor events, so there is not really time to sit in a pub. But as I said, during the winter we do meet in one pub, 
The pub is in Beneshov and it is my favorite pub because it is really small. There are only five or six tables, I think. And we now know the owner. He's a great guy. He brings us some snacks and stuff like that. He likes to talk to us about how we have been and what's new and so on. And I would say that that has the perfect pub atmosphere because the beer is great, the owner is friendly, the food there is delicious. So that for me, I would say is my home pub and we meet there with friends maybe once a month, mostly during the winter. So that's always nice. I think that visiting your local pub is a very Czech thing to do and meeting there with your friends, discussing some news or football or whatever is almost a tradition. And a similar thing, a similar tradition is in England as well. And we will talk about that culture now. I would like to start at the very beginning. The question is, how far do we have to move in time to see the beginning of British pop culture? I will tell you that amazingly, it is around the first century when the Romans arrived in Britain. Before the Romans came to England, the locals drank ale. It was the native British drink, I would say, but at that time there were no places such as pubs available to people. Pubs came with British road construction mostly. So let's imagine that we are travelers and we just came into a British town, let's say in the second century. How do we find a pub? There is a good chance that we can't read because most people couldn't at this time. So if we saw a sign saying pub 200 meters that way, it wouldn't help us much. But what we can look for is a bush near the entrance of the pub. Why a bush? At this time, in the Roman Empire, if you wanted to find a house where you could drink some wine, uh, so some kind of similar place to a pub, you would look for a wine bush. So that's how you would find the entrance to a wine house or something similar. And because wine didn't really grow in England at this time, they just had a simple bush to show where the local pub is. What does it look like inside an English pub at this time? There are probably just a few tables around, there is no bar, and it is basically just a house where they serve you alcohol. Now, we are jumping a few hundred years forward. After the fall of the Romano-British kingdoms, we see the Anglo-Saxons, who were the locals at the time, changed the culture a little bit. At this time, almost every household had its own ale. It was the role of the housewife to make ale. They made ale without hops at this time. Hops came a few hundred years later in the 15th century from the Dutch. So right now we have some ale and every household had its own ale made by the housewife. Now, what happens if one housewife is better at making ale than the others? The other households buy some extra ale from this family and this family may see an opportunity to open an ale house, which is usually just one extra room in your house where your neighbors come to drink and you ask them for some money. And that is how your own ale house is started. So more than a pub, this sounds to me like a typical house party. Uh, later, as centuries passed, the pub culture grew and evolved. And as you can imagine, some laws were necessary. The first law we see implemented is about the number of pubs in a town or village. There was a rule that there needs to be one pub 
per town or per village. For some villages, this was a big advantage because there wasn't a pub before. For some villages, it was a disaster because maybe there were more than just one and now somebody had to close their pub. I keep using the word pub just to make it shorter and easier for myself, but that is not really the right word at this time. We first come across that expression public house or pub in the 17th century. At this time, there are three different types of pubs. One is an alehouse. An alehouse is a place which only serves beer and ale. Then there is something called a tavern where they have also some liquor so hard alcohol wine and food and finally there is the inn and an inn is a place where you can spend a night uh, something like a hotel these three types of pubs come from england where if you wanted to get a license for your pub between the 13th and 16th century you had to decide which type of pub you wanted to start you had to decide if it is an alehouse, a tavern or an inn. Looking a little more to the west on our map, that means that we are looking at Ireland now, we come across different laws. In Ireland, a pub had to be in the middle of the city. It had to have doors in each direction, so that means four doors. It had to have meat ready to be cooked and it had to be open 24 seven and ready to serve at any time. I can imagine that if the same laws still existed today, that not many people would want to have a pub. But back to England now. We can absolutely forget about the rule of one pub per town because now we are at an age where bigger towns and cities are built and it is quite clear that one pub per city just isn't enough. In the 15th century when hops, as I mentioned before, uh, chmel v češtině, were finally imported from the Netherlands, we see a huge boom of beer and pub culture in Britain. There are so many pubs in Britain that it is hard to imagine. In 1557, there is one pub per 187 people. Nowadays it is something like one per 687. And I read somewhere that this number is constantly going down. According to a statistic from 2019, a pub closes about every 12 hours. So every 12 hours, one pub disappears, which is absolutely crazy. But back to the 15th century, the pubs that we are talking about here are not the same as a pub today because there is no bar. If you would like to see the time when bars started appearing in pubs, you would have to move to the Victorian era. At this time, drinking beer was less popular. If you were a higher class person at this time, you went to a gin palace. Gin palaces were very luxurious places, full of marble, mramor, and that's where pubs got their inspiration for having a bar. Because in gin palaces there were big marble bars, and the people who had pubs saw that and said, hey, that's a great idea, we should have that. And that's how we got the bar in a pub. After this social crisis of pubs, we see them rising in popularity again and they become the public centers, places for discussions and places for meeting others, meeting your neighbors. Let's just say that the popularity was definitely back. When looking over to Ireland at this time, we see something quite interesting. There was a law in Ireland called the Coroner's Act of 1846 and that said that, and I quote, dead bodies 
were to be brought to the nearest public house or pub for storage until funeral arrangements were made. So that basically means that when a person died, they were brought to the nearest pub and stayed there until the funeral. Why did they bring dead bodies to a pub? Well, the answer is simple. Most pubs had huge cellars where the temperature was relatively low and that is where they had their beer and different kegs and stuff to keep them cold. And the lawmakers saw that and they said, you know what? This is a perfect place to put a dead body before the funeral is ready. I'm not sure how I would feel about that if I owned a pub and uh, I would go down to the cellar to bring another keg of beer and uh, there is just a dead body there. That must be quite traumatizing. But moving on, we know that the Irish have the reputation for being strong drinkers. I have been to Dublin and I can say that the pub culture there is a totally different story. Just awesome, awesome stuff. I would absolutely recommend visiting Dublin just for that. Just to give you an example of the pub culture in Dublin, we visited one pub which was started in 1898, so over 800 years ago. That is just amazing in my eyes. Also, speaking of Dublin, there was an interesting thing in the 1870s. There was a law that said that if you are not a traveler, you cannot go into the pub after midnight. So only travelers could stay in a pub 24-7. To officially be a traveler, you had to travel at least three miles. And as you can imagine, many pubs started appearing within around a three or four mile radius around Dublin. So people just walked for three miles, had a few beers and then went back home to Dublin. Because if they were more than three miles from home, they were officially travelers. Must be hard when you leave the pub at like 5 a.m. and you know that you still have three miles to go before you can go to bed. That must be quite difficult. Another interesting thing about the Irish pop culture is that when in the 1800s the Irish started moving to America in quite big numbers, they of course brought their pop culture with them. And that is why we could see quite a lot of Irish culture in American pubs. And We are slowly moving into the present time because from the 1800s we are moving forward to the 1900s when in Britain one quite interesting thing started happening and that is the Tide House system. It is a system where a brewery, Pivovar, decides to buy or build their own pub and of course they have their own beer there. This way they can make sure that the quality of beer will always be excellent and that they will always have a place to serve their beer. One last big change in pop culture, not only in England and Ireland, but everywhere around the whole world, was the smoking ban. The first UK nation to introduce a smoking ban was Scotland in March 2006 and then the rest of the UK in 2007. There's quite a big difference between the Czech Republic and the UK when it comes to the smoking ban. Because in the Czech Republic, the ban, the complete ban, zákaz, is what I mean, was introduced on the 31st of May 2017. So we were 10 years behind. 
But I was personally very happy when this ban was introduced in the Czech Republic because in 2017 I was around 19 and that was a time when I spent a lot of time in pubs and bars and uh, having your clothes smell horribly the next day was the worst thing. And of course also the hangover. So I think that many people really liked this change. And with this change, I think we are at the end of today's episode. So I want to say thank you very much for listening. If you would like to see the transcript of today's episode or maybe practice some vocabulary from today's episode or see the extra podcasts because there are two podcasts a week but only one gets on Spotify, uh, please check out my Patreon. It is patreon.com lomeno op English and you will find everything there. But now... All there is left to say is thanks again, cheers and bye-bye. And of course, don't forget to wait for a moment after the end of this episode, because there will be the vocabulary recap as always. Nyní se pojďme podívat na slovní zásobu z této epizody. Nejprve pár slovíček, které tam zazněly, ale které nebudu dávat do žádných cvičení. A to bylo třeba draft beer, točené pivo. Draft beer... Má trochu jiný spelling, než bychom asi čekali od slovíčka draft, takže na to pozor. Dalším slovíčkem je marble. Marble znamená mramor, dále tam byl keg, keg je sud, cellar, což je sklep, brewery, pivovar, and ben. A ben znamená zákaz. Já už jsem některá ta slovíčka zmiňoval v průběhu toho podcastu. Úplně nevím, jestli to je dobrý takhle dělat, že řeknu nějaký český slovíčko uprostřed toho anglického mluvení, tak mi prosím dejte vědět, jestli je lepší to nechat všechno až nakonec, nebo jestli je OK to strčit prostě někam do prostředka toho podcastu. A teď už ke slovní zásobě, kterou určitě do těch cvičení dávat budu. První slovíčko je appear. Sloveso appear. Appear znamená objevit se. Ve například takto. I thought that I lost my keys, but they just appeared on my table. Myslel jsem si, že jsem ztratil klíče, ale zkrátka se objevily na mém stole. Dalším podstatným jménem, které tam zaznělo, tak bylo membership. Membership znamená členství. Ve větě takto. I have had a gym membership for three months, but I haven't visited the gym yet. Znamená, už mám členství v posilovně tři měsíce, ale ještě jsem tu posilovnu nenavštívil. Další fráze, která tam zazněla, tak bylo something counts. A to counts znamená, že se něco počítá. A to znamená ve větě třeba you need to speak at least three languages and check doesn't count. Potřebuješ mluvit aspoň třemi jazyky a čeština se nepočítá. Další takové velmi časté podstatné jméno je stav. Stav zkrátka znamená věci. I had all my stuff in boxes when I was moving. Měl jsem všechny věci v krabicích, když jsem se stěhoval. Dalším výrazem, je to přídavné jméno, je necessary. To už jste taky určitě někde slyšeli. Necessary znamená nutný. It is necessary to wash your hands before you do this. Je nutné, aby si umyl roce, než to to uděláš. Poté tam bylo frázové sloveso come across. Come across something je na něco narazit. Ve větě třeba takhle. I came across this book in the library. It looked interesting. Narazil jsem na tuto knížku v knihovně. Vypadala zajímavě. A poslední, co si zmíníme, je according to. According to something nebo somebody znamená podle někoho nebo něčeho. Ve větě třeba takhle. 
According to the study, most people prefer vanilla ice cream. Takže podle té studie většina lidí preferuje vanilkovou zmrzlinu. A to bude ze slovní zásoby dneska všechno. Díky moc za to, že jste poslouchali. Mrkněte na můj Patreon a uvidíme se u příští epizody. Mějte se.